me rompiano re lebelela dikgwetlo tse di temagelwang kwa di collegeen tsa di Tivet le gore tse re ganyo ya puso ke ife go tokafatsa tsa maiso le siamo sa thuto kwa go tsone Afrika borwa NLD college tsa Tivet di le masoma matlhano go ralala naga ka baithuti ba feta e dikete di le kgolwa supa me puso e dirisa madi a feta di bilioni di le robedi me le fa go le jalo bontse jwa di college tsa di Tivet di sansedi di mogala mathata a etsa tlhokego ya di diriswa tsa thuto ba tlhatlhaledi le tsamiso e bokoa me go tlwa go ya pele re go lagana le Gerda Marknas ene ke mokaidi ka karetsa wana kwana wa le fa phala thuto e kgolwane le katiso good day Gerda and thanks for joining us good day Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Why are Tivet colleges important in the higher education system? Uh, for, for really so many reasons. Um, the Tivet colleges are really positioned to deliver on the mid-level skills uh, for the labor market. Uh, you know, universities typically actually should be focusing on the, the very high-end uh, professions, but the Tivet colleges should address where the, the bulk of the labor force is situated, um, which, uh, which is that uh, mid-level skills. So, uh, you know, our, our key mandate is, for example, the development of artisans and technicians, and we know that those are really uh, key and critical uh, for, for a vibrant economy. Now, tell us, how is the TVET curriculum formulated? So we have a, a number of different um, uh, types of programs uh, that we deliver at our CBIT uh, colleges. We have a National Certificate Vocational, which is a, a three-year program, which uh, is equivalent to grade 10 and 11 and 12, which you would do at a, a normal academic school. So typically a student uh, can enter from grade 9 uh, into uh, that vocational track, and that really has a, a special uh, focus on work readiness and, and work preparedness. So it's a vocational track. Uh, there are also programs delivered um, on what we would call NQF Level 5 and 6, which is equivalent to higher certificates um, and diplomas. Uh, but of course, again, uh, a vocational track uh, to them. Um, and, uh, you know, mostly those uh, curricula are designed with support of, of industry and we really tr- try to make them as work uh, relevant as possible. Mm-hmm. We're also joined by uh, Lucy Sconbell. Uh, Snowball. Thank you. Lucy, Lucy is a Hi. master's student at UNISA who's done research on TVET colleges. Thank you for joining us and welcome, Lucy. Thank you very much. I'm what what to be here and what, what Greetings to your listeners. Okay, share with us uh, the focus of your dissertation in Tivet Colleges. Thank you. My focus uh, in Tivet Colleges, it is, I w- I'm questioning why these students graduate with a qualification and they still struggle to find employment. That is my focus of my thesis. Lucy, Tivet College. Yes. Okay, you may, you may continue. No, I just wanted to say, even though my focus is on, in Pumalanga. Okay. David Colleges, Lucy, are viewed as a vehicle for providing skills that respond to economic needs of the country and address priority skills demands. Are these colleges yielding in, in intended objective? 
think they are. I don't question that for, for a minute. But I think we also struggle or they are struggling with the fact that people don't trust the qualification, don't trust the skills that are being instilled in the students. And I, from my research, that is what I'm coming to realize, that the industries are hesitant to really to, to trust what they have been capacitated with. And then can we trust them when we employ them? Uh, Gerda, over the years, mm. there had been numerous curriculum changes. What necessitated yeah. the changes? Uh, well, sorry, Gerda? What necessitated the changes that we've seen uh, over the years, the curriculum changes? What necessitated the changes? Yes. Um, so I think, um, let me just also greet uh, Lucy on the, on the other end. I think, um, you know, the, it's, uh, it's correct what she's saying. You know, uh, the labor market changes continuously. Industry changes. I mean, the, there's development that happens on an ongoing basis. And it is important for uh, the educational curriculum to keep track with those uh, industry changes. Of course, that is always difficult, um, you know, for educational institutions uh, to, to keep pace um, at the same rate with industry changes, but certainly that is uh, what we have to strive for. And, uh, you know, just uh, listening to her comment about uh, trust from industry, I, I, do believe, um, I do believe there is a trust issue, um, but I think that trust issue also has somewhat to do with knowledge. I don't think always that um, our industry partners are 100% familiar with exactly the, the scope and depth of our curriculum. Uh, we've often found uh, where industry actually start to engage with our students, they are often uh, really surprised and uh, you know, quite happy with the, the caliber of students um, and, and the curriculum uh, depth that they do have. Uh, but yes, I mean, that, uh, that curriculum review process is an ongoing matter, and uh, as uh, we know, we're in a knowledge economy, and the, the quicker uh, technology changes, uh, you know, the quicker uh, we also, as an education department, uh, need to make sure that we remain abreast with those changes. Gerda, uh, following the restructuring of TVET colleges, were lecturers given necessary training and support? Um, there's a, a number of different programs uh, that we do have going uh, with our lecturers. Uh, so various different interventions. One, one such an intervention, whenever we have curriculum changes, there are always lecturer development sessions that follow that. You know, of course, we have to then uh, refresh lecturers on what latest curriculum is and so on. We have developed what we call a lecturer support system, which is a, a web-based uh, system uh, where we really can populate uh, new uh, curriculum, uh, tips for uh, delivering, etc., etc. And we have a whole network of people within our colleges that in, uh, in a structured way can engage with whatever curriculum changes uh, happen and um, you know so lecturers can can also remain up to date with that. Um, apart from that, this year we have um, really done a lot of work in terms of a continuing professional development uh, system. 
I do think that it is really important that we need to get more structured about literature development and, and the continuous uh, professional development of lecturers. Uh, so uh, the framework of that has been uh, developed and we have consulted quite widely over the last couple of months uh, with lecturers and various stakeholders. And um, I think that is going to be a, quite a, um, a key change and a, and a positive change uh, once we are able then to implement that continuing professional development system. You know, it would give us the ability to then track and monitor exactly who is doing what development, how many hours are spent on uh, professional development and so on. So it's, um, it's a new development that we are really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Lucy, were lecturers able to adapt to the new curriculum changes that Herda is referring to? Uh, it's always a challenge from the reading that I have done. It's always a challenge. And I think some of the lecturers feel they don't have time or some of the things are too vast and broad and with no clear objectives as to by the end of it, this is what they are going to achieve. For example, one of the lecturers I was speaking to, they have a mechatronics um, what do you call it, a mechatronics program, but um, they say it's so vast and what they teach eventually when it comes to the exams, the students find it very difficult to make it because it was not clear, whatever they taught does not tally with the books and does not tally with the examiner. So such little problems are forcing them to struggle a little bit, but yes, I agree with that, um, I mean, my other partner we're saying yes the programs and the development of the lecturers are always there and available but how they work is always a challenge mm. Mm. we're going to take callers on 089 i'll try uh, to deliver some translation services here uh, Kimanke Lucy Snobel, Renale Hapeli Matlisisi. Lucy Snobel, Kena Matlisisi, Hutuakwa Unisa Utirilendi Patlisiso Mu Matating Apparats in the Tibet Colleges. Me Hape Herda Magnus, Ki Mokaidi Kakarizo Wanakwana Kualifa Penila Tutu Ekolani, Relibilizi Dokweto, Zidokone, Hajana, Modi College in Tibet, Ukatwa Ulimui Tuti, Wa College at Tibet, Ukabata Kubota Boto, Kanawa Twila Mo 089 Let's hear what the listeners have to say 089-860-2233 Retsaya Baretsi mo 089-2233 Rutwa Tse Tikaha, <laughs> Driver for three years, and 
coming across with uh, problems or some difficulties due to the fact that uh, the Department of uh, Education, from the Minister of Education up to the provincial, uh, up to the provinces, uh, I'm talking about the MEC. So they failed this money to come with uh, the monitoring and evaluation. So that is uh, my underlying ground. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Eh <laughs> Gerda? Yes, ma'am. Yes. I, I'm going to sum up uh, the questions for you. Uh, first caller, Jabutolo, uh, he said uh, there's a college, Taleto College in Zirast, and they have discovered that some of the subjects are not registered with the Department of Education. And the last caller... Bahedile uh, lament the fact that uh, since he completed, she completed the course, she was not awarded with the certificate. Why is the certificate taking so long? She completed the course in 2014. And uh, another question uh, comes from lack of resources and lecturers. What steps are being taken to address that? <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Um so uh, the first question uh, is not really uh, clear to me how the subjects could not could not be registered. Um, you know, normally the, the uh, what we call our ministerial programs, which is the NCD programs and the NAPED programs, our colleges are registered to to deliver those. Uh, in some cases, they also deliver occupational programs, which are CETA programs. And for that, uh, a college would need to uh, apply for accreditation from the various CETAs or QCTOs. Um, and uh, the colleges are certainly aware that they need to seek that accreditation. So it's a, it's a little bit difficult to answer the question without um, having more details um, about it. But, um, you know, if, you know, if, if, Colleges are registered, and then the, the various programs are accredited. And uh, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, just without more details, it's, it's a little bit hard um, to answer the, the question on that. Is the department aware of the delay of the certificates? 
Um, is the department aware of uh, delay of certificates? Um, we are. We are aware of the delay of certificates. We have a special working group within the department that is just focusing um, on, on a certification uh, backlog that we do have. Um, you know, within the, just within the last couple of months, uh, we have really printed thousands of certificates, and I think that we are uh, certainly uh, making headway with that. I think it is a, um, it's a delay that has, that has crept up over a, a number of years, um, but uh, I really want to assure, assure you that the department is uh, doing everything possible to make sure that we do get those certificates out. So we are aware of it, and there is a, a team um, actively working um, on the certification backlog that we have. And then maybe the, the final question about resources. Um, you know, I think uh, in terms of government priorities, we know that TVET uh, is a priority, and certainly as of uh, 2018, significantly more funding has come to TVET colleges. Uh, for example, at the moment, for the first time in, in many years, we have uh, dedicated infrastructure funding, uh, where we are relooking some of the infrastructure and equipment at colleges. Uh, you know, significant uh, effort and emphasis is being placed uh, into lecturer development. So I think um, uh, certainly to some extent, the resources have been made available, and now it's a process of making sure that the plan to utilize those resources effectively uh, is put into place. Okay. We're going to take an ad break. Uh, stay put. Uh, Lucy Snobel. We're going to take an ad break. We're going to take an ad break. We're going to take an Mutsuding FM, or Fitchella Mutias TV, audio Rubisana Fano, Le Herda Magnus, Le Lucis Nobel, Rubuaka di Quetlo, Zirone, Modi Collegians at Tibet, Me Ritatula Pilfella Jalhotza, the Twilo di Potosa Homot, Sabinarona, Ia Facebook. Lucy, let's look at what were the first systematic challenges to be dealt with in order to achieve a fully transformed, fully revamped, efficiently run Tibet Colleges system. In my opinion and in my reading, I think, like Gerda said, infrastructure is a big thing. Infrastructure is big. For example, in Pumalanga, where they, they've got a lot of mines, they have a petrochem, ESCOM is also there. So any career that is geared to work with those two companies would require a lot of infrastructure, which is probably not something that the department might be able to maybe be able to achieve by the next two three or three years. But however, relationships with those companies where they invest in those kind of TVET colleges and then these TVET colleges can be feeders, that will be something that will be a quick one to, to work with in the next maybe one year or two. That is my opinion. Gerda, <laughs> uh, mismanagement at some of the TVET colleges was pointed out as as an impediment to capacity building. Take us through the department's turnaround strategy. Um, In in particular, um, you are asking about about management and governance. Yes. So um, let me uh, first of all perhaps talk about uh, financial management. We have over the last couple of years uh, been in a working relationship 
uh, with FICA, which is the Institute for Chartered Accountants, that has supported us um, with uh, CFOs, chartered, uh, fi- uh, uh, chartered accountants, uh, to strengthen our policies and financial management at colleges. Uh, that project is just about to, uh, to come to an end, but I think we, we certainly um, have done a lot to strengthen uh, the financial management of our, of our institutions. Um, the governance of our institutions, every five years, uh, councils uh, change within colleges. We are just at such a point where our, we are appointing new councils in our colleges. We have really made sure that we've gone uh, through a very strict process of, uh, you know, really trying to secure that we have the, the most uh, competent council members that we possibly could have, uh, making sure that we have expertise, uh, you know, legal, financial, uh, HR, um, auditing um, as part of the council, and, and that certainly goes a long way to strengthening uh, the colleges as well. In terms um, of uh, the campus manager, the campus manager typically is the head um, of every campus, and mostly a TV college would have between, let's say, two and could even be as much as eight campuses. Um, over the last two years, we've had a significant program towards the development of campus managers. Um, you know, we, we've taken them through, I mean, just a, a range of different uh, topics from uh, HR management at campus, teaching and learning management at the campus, um, and really just you know trying to build effective institutions from the campus level, uh, you know right up to the to the central office or, or uh, sort of head or, or main um, governance structure of the college. So so there's been a lot, um, a lot of our uh, actual college principals have been going on um, some MBAs or some management development programs. Um, our teachers have supported us greatly um, in putting those together, specifically the ECDP CETA, which is the Education Training and Development Practices CETA. So, um, you know, I would say over the last years, uh, significant work has gone into management development. Uh, but of course, it's, it's never a, a completed uh, story, and I think you know, we will continue uh, to develop our management structures as well going forward. Of course, the continuous professional uh, development system I was just talking about is not only for lecturers, but also uh, for the management structures of of every college. So uh, that continuing professional development, uh, mostly in the end, will also become uh, compulsory for all the management staff within a college. Mm -hmm. Lucy, what have been the findings of your thesis? Uh, I'm still busy collecting data, but some of the findings are like lecturers would, besides the infrastructure and the, the syllabus, they find that the classrooms are also very large. For example, when you think about engineering, if one lecturer will have between 35 to 50 students and you're doing practicals, it's not quite easy to get around all of them and to give them substantial kind of uh, experience, especially if you don't have proper infrastructure. And then some of them, they struggle with pass rates. You know, some of the students then get very disinterested. They're not interested in coming because they find that, ah, I wait for so long for me to get my turn to work on this machine, for example. Or they feel also sometimes overworked because they feel like there are some other administrative things that they have to do instead of focusing on really developing the skills in this student. And I'm talking of engineering. Mm. 
Yeah. Lucy, are lecturers skilled, qualified, and adequately trained to t- deliver on the new curriculum? They are, but not in everything. For example, the one that I was talking about in mechatronics, he says he struggles with one of the subjects in that component or that program of mechatronics, and he doesn't feel confident. Yes, he's got the book, he's got the syllabus, and the scope, which is so vague, but he always doesn't feel confident. So you will find, like, out of four subjects, he's confident in two or three, but the one is maneuvering. So that is always a problem. But uh, they cope and they try. And I don't know whether students pick up on that one, hence the disinterest. That is something one has to still, I'm still going to find my findings and confirm and conclude. Then we can talk about it at a later stage. Tibet and then me mokaidi ka karetswana kwa na wa le fapala thuto go lwane ga re ta magnus we metse le fapha o tlhalosa ka mano a le fapha le tlileng ka ona go tokafatsa siemo dumela thata ya mo ne ke re ke tle ke ke tlhagise gore problem ya ntlha ya dikhibe college ke ona program in cha ncc level 2 level 3 level 4 program in speech in the college sector because in Alexi Oreko Hukim, we move on to the Mukhabarbatar 55% route practically. But the administrative work in the of practical work. The Pitumelan Savoviki, the appointment that lecture. Appointment that ngalemogagore Nine months again, I'm always home. Come up, our student, this is a three years, and it's not even necessary experience. And the lecturers, by nailing the artisan, by the workshop, by the banality, some seconded officers. These seconded officers were tired white guys, by the banality experience, but guide our facility. The lecturers, you know, will defer the necessary experience in the workshop. So, student, as I say, within three years, I spent about 27 months as a pre ตะละเมเรโกอะคอนาคุเลลาเวิร์คช็อปอะลุคุมเพลโกคนาลีแอนด์ไอเทมนัมเบอร์ไฟซีเอริงเอ่อสตูเดนต์ที่โหรสิต
Mentioned level two three. I don't know what the level what the level two three is all about, but he said there's a lot of problem about these levels and appointment of lectures is also mad with nepotism and he said the lack of practical work for student uh, is 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 some kind of impediment for them to be placed in the labor market. Yes. Okay, so um, if I can respond uh, to that. Now, um, the, what he's talking about, uh, the 191, that is uh, what we call the Port 191 courses or NATED courses. And, uh, you know, historically those courses were intended to be run one trimester at the college for theory only and then two trimesters of the year uh, back in a workplace. Uh, where the student would then get the, the practical exposure. Now, um, over time, it has happened that those uh, in one, two, and three are run as three trimesters um, of theory only, and it doesn't have a practical component. Um, you know, and it was never the design of the program originally to have a practical component, but in truth, we do recognize it's a problem because. Um, it's not, it's not really helpful to give uh, a young person just the theoretical training and not the practical that goes, uh, that goes with that. So at the moment, there is a very serious um, re-look at those programs to see um, how that could be done differently. Uh, but then, of course, the intention was always that the practical component we would actually get at the workplace when you go to the workplace. Um, you know, in, in terms of uh, nepotism of lecturers and so on, you know, we, we really don't uh, take that kindly. Our lecturers need to be qualified uh, for what they want to present. And if there are such cases, then, uh, uh, you know, those should please be um, either reported uh, to the, the college council or reported to the department so we can look into those matters. Lucy, in the past, Tibet colleges were seen as institutions that accommodate students whose results cannot uh, enter them at universities. Is that the perception? Is that perception changing? The perception has to change because I think from my studies and from what I'm finding is that, yes, that's what they were geared for, especially those levels that the gentleman is speaking about, because level two equates to 
standard 10. And it was meant for those grade nines who are exiting. But you find that more and more we have matriculants, especially those that are passed to go to university, but for example, they lack money. That's what my finding is finding out. Or they come, they cannot afford it and they missed one subject or two. They failed one or two, but they have got the matriculant maybe with diploma, but they still are interested in working, you know, becoming artisans and such things. So that perception is changing and maybe that is also why we have distrust with the in industries because they still have that perception. But majority of the current uh, TVET college students are matriculants. Okay. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Gerda, what, what do you do uh, to engage with the uh, industries that Lucy has just mentioned to change your perception that the curriculum is, 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 is inferior? Yeah. Um, there's actually so, so much I want to comment on right now. But, um, let, let me we have a minute uh, left. So, so if I could just quickly comment on the, the fact that a lot of the students going into TVET colleges are actually matriculants. I think I think that is true. I think Lucy is correct uh, if she says that. You know, um, we our universities also have uh, limited spaces, and when a student does not necessarily get a diploma or a degree uh, pass, they do tend to go into uh, TV colleges. And you know, it's also for that reason that we really want to expand our offering of level what we call level five and six programs that is more relevant then for a student that leaves school so that he doesn't repeat uh, some of the years of education yeah. already done, but that he can move into a, um, a higher level than, than what is completed. In terms of the question about industry relationships, you know, this is, a, this is an ongoing um, matter. A lot of the time we encourage our colleagues to forge those relationships with industry. You know, as a national department, it is quite hard uh, you know, to, to try and broker those relationships um, at a college level. So it is something that we uh, continuously place an emphasis on with our colleges, which is something that we monitor. But of course, as a national department, we do from time to time uh, try and broker those uh, national relationships. If it's a big corporate organization, um, you know, that has a national footprint, to try and make inroads there and then support our colleges uh, through some of those partnerships. But certainly, you know, the, the answer to, to responsiveness pro, or responsive programs does lie in the relationships that the college has with industry. As technology changes, there is no better place uh, for the college to be in touch with that uh, technology than through the industry we serve. And, and, and we really do encourage a Thank you so much. Unfortunately, time is not on our side. Kharda Magnus, ke mokaidi ka karetswana kwa na wa le faphala thutwe kholwane le katiso. Thank you very much Lucy Snobel. Ene ke matlisisi motse di ka ga merero e ka ga mathata itemogelwang kana di khohlotse di temogelang ga jana kwa Tivet College. Me re le bogetse botlhe ba ba nileng le siabe mo thulaganyo botlhe ba ba rometseng di tshwailo tsa lona facebook